know, the technology is constantly changing. So, you know, if it's been 10 years or even eight years or seven years since you've gotten a new board, I would highly recommend looking into uh, getting a new one because it just brings a, a vitality to your game day experience. Hello and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today we're talking with the Rochester Red Wings. We're joined by Dan Mason, General Manager, and John Blotzer, Director of Video Production. They share their first year with the new display, how they work with multiple outfield displays, what they have in store for their fans, and much more. And we're here today with Dan and John. Dan, how are you doing? Great, guys. How about you? Doing great. John, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Pretty good. And Matt's here with us as well. <laughs> Hello, <course>. everyone. <laughs> um, and we're talking about the the Rochester Red Wings and, and the new display there. But first, Dan, can you give us a background of, of what your role is with the Red Wings and how you got to where you're at today? Sure. Um, my title is general manager, but it could really be director of fun because that's what we're all here to do. Uh, <laughs> our staff is here to make sure that when our, our fans come to the ballpark that they have a great time, whether the Wings win or lose, um, you know, that's our role. And um, and obviously uh, the, the video board uh, plays a huge part in that role. How um, And then, Dan, how long have you been with the Red Wings? Uh, this is my 34th season with the team. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, so minor league baseball, baseball has always kind of been in your career. How did you even get started with the team, if you can maybe – well, sometimes I call it an origin story, but yeah, take us back in time a little bit. Yeah, how did yeah. you get uh, um, to where you're at then with the Red Wings? How'd you start out? Sure, uh, back when I had brown hair, I started here as a as an unpaid intern and have just uh, you know slowly worked my way up the the ladder here in the organization. And uh, I've been the or, the uh, general manager now uh, since uh, December, or, uh, January of 1995. Um, so I've had the Great fortune of working here uh, at at the Red Wings uh, for the team that I grew up. Uh, you know, I used to go to Silver Stadium watching the the Wings play over there, and to have a chance to have started my career over there and now um, continue it here with the Red Wings at Innovative Field has been uh, a real blessing. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, is like baseball has always been kind of a part of your part of your life or your history? It seems like it kind of has. You mentioned going to games when you were a kid. Yeah, you know, we do a we have a kids club here called the Knothole Gang and um you know, it's now in, in almost its 90th year in existence. So that's how a lot of uh, youngsters get indoctrinated to Red Wings baseball here in the Rochester area. And I was no different, you know, um signed up as a Knothole uh, Gang kid and um went to a lot of games with my buddies and uh, with my mom and my dad and my siblings. And, um, you know, I've just been following this team my whole life. So to get an opportunity to work here uh, for Naomi Silver, and um, it's been really a, a lot of fun. And um, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity to, to work for my hometown team. That's why you say director of fun, right? That's the, yeah, the first right. <laughs> No doubt about it. Nice. That's that's awesome to hear that that history, Dan. And John's here as well. John, can you tell us a little about your role and, and kind of how you got into that position? Yeah. So I'm the uh, director of video production, and my story kind of starts with when I was um, back in high school, early college. My sister played a lot of softball, so I would go around, and my dad wouldn't always be able to go to games. So I ended up just filming the games for him, 
you know, one camera out in the outfield. That's kind of how I got started with uh, the sports and video production. And, you know, at one point I was just selling the games back to the other parents on the team, like making it on DVD, putting in my own graphics and that kind of thing. Nice. So from there, you know, once finishing college, I took an internship uh, with the Toledo Mudhens. Uh, was there for a few years, um, made a stop in Durham, uh, North Carolina, and then got the position here in Rochester about, oh, 11, 10, 11 years ago wow. or so, and kind of have been here ever since. So you mentioned the video production there at the beginning then with those other teams like the Toledo Mudhands. Did you did you always kind of stay in video production then, or did you did you dabble in any other areas? No, no. So when I was in Toledo, I was a, a video production intern um so helping out with uh the video board and also the tv side so just you know editing videos making graphics headshots uh the whole thing for the game day presentation and that's what I was kind of curious about too i mean even with the, i would say the growth of the use of video you know even the last like five to ten years yeah. even um your title with the red wings right now right director of video production Video is a big, I would say it's almost an umbrella term, right? Because you've even mentioned it too. It could be the scoreboard, stuff for TV. So like what kind of video stuff do you help with the Red Wings? Kind of what is your, your, I'll say average day looks like. I know that's a corny question (laughs) to ask, but kind of what all do you do for video production? Yeah, no, you're right. It is like a broad umbrella kind of term because Mm -hmm. the video could be anything from, you know, nowadays we do a lot on our social media channel and Dan plays a big part in his different roles of making, you know, different commercials to help promote sales or um, upcoming promotions or giveaways. And then, you know, just, you know, TV, you know, so there's that kind of the more fun, um, creative kind of videos. It's also creating, you know, stuff, client spots for different clients, commercials for them to help promote uh, either on our website or on our video board or even um, on our TV broadcast, um, TV commercials for them. And then just, you know, fan videos, you know, just as another example, you mm-hmm. know, pump up videos, rally videos to play, you know, in front of our fans on the on the new video board to kind of get them hyped um, for different game situations and to keep them engaged uh, in the game atmosphere. Yeah, sure. And I'm I'm sure that's evolved a lot kind of over the years, even for the Red Wings. I know you recently got a new video display last year, um, but maybe, Dan, can you talk about the evolution of the scoreboard technology from your past 30-plus years with the Red Wings? Oh, sure. I, uh, yeah, we, my, our first, um, I'll call it scoreboard that we had at, at uh, or display that we had at the old ballpark, Silver Stadium, was just a black and white um you know i think we could run two lines of uh of text on there mm-hmm. and you know we, so we've come obviously a very long way when we moved over here to innovative field in 1997 uh we had two video boards um one that could you know was full color graphics and we could play video but it was you know, it's still in its infancy uh, stages of, of video boards, so it was still a bit grainy. And, um, you know, and then we had another black and white, um, mostly text board, but we could do black and white logos on there. And now we're to the point where we have two full video displays. So it it really enhances the fan experience, especially now compared to, you know, 1990 when I when I started and what we had then compared to what we have now is just 
night and day in terms of the resolution, in terms of uh, the color and the, the brightness of the board and the sheer size of the of the displays now it, it really you know gives John the opportunity to uh, entertain our fans at a level that we have never been able to do before and I think you know one of the things that John text on or touched on also was you know we have to make our own content now and back then we we kind of relied uh, heavily on the mainstream media and on, on TV stations and radio stations and, and the newspaper to really get our message out. And now, uh, because they have much smaller staffs at those, um, media outlets, it's really incumbent upon John and our social media team to create content and get it out there to, uh, on our social media channels, but also here in house at the ballpark on our, uh, video displays and our in house, uh, television network. I definitely want to get back to John and find out, you know, uh, your evolution through video production through all these years too. But Dan, when you were, you know, going through kind of all the different displays you've had over the years, you know, starting with just two lines, like you said, of text is all you could show uh, to what you have now. But if if we're just thinking about this last upgrade that you made, the new displays, um, I'm kind of curious. It's almost a two-part question is when do you start thinking, okay, it's time now to look for new boards? And then when it is, how do you go about that process, knowing what, you're, what you want to get? Well, I think, you know, as soon as we had the, the new display installed and up and running, then we looked at our right field display and said, uh-oh, we better do something to, uh, to upgrade this one, too, because that one was the the right field display was the one that, you know, we really, all the fans would look at because it was higher resolution and, and more colorful and could do a lot more. Um, and now that one is the one that's uh, a little lagging behind, believe it or not. So I think, um, you know, we're already contemplating when we can upgrade that board and um, we've got a great relationship with Scott Wilson at Dactronics, and he's really helped us on quite a few projects here at Innovative Field over the years. And it is a process. It, it usually does take about, you know, two to three years um, to kind of plan this out and, and budget for it and, and figure out exactly what we want. And um, that's just kind of how we've done it over the years with Scott, uh, coming up with an initial design and plan and then, uh, giving us time to go try to figure out how to, uh, you know, how we're going to pay for it. So, and then tweaking the, the final design and, and working with John, obviously, to uh, get all the bells and whistles that he needs. Right. And when you're looking at those and, and kind of deciding what you needed to do, like you said, you you talk about the bells and whistles that you'd need to make things work. Um, did you kind of look at other ballparks for inspiration or was it kind of a unique situation with two displays, one in each outfield? side that you were you were looking at and saying how do we make this unique to us or was there any thought of what you were doing there with inspiration from outside the park yeah i think that's one of the things it's it's almost like a a curse right when you work in this game when you go to other venues you aside from whatever game you're watching you are looking around and seeing who's advertising right Mm -hmm. Uh, what kind of signage do they have what kind of video displays do they have what kind of promotions are they doing and that's how we all get better by learning. It's one of the unique things about our industry um, is we all share each other's best ideas. And um, so it's c- certainly something that John and I both do when we go to other venues is look around and take notes as to what other teams are, are doing. And we are in a unique situation where we have two video displays now 
Uh, it does give us a lot of different options, both for our corporate partners um, as well as our, our fans, entertaining our fans, which is what we're all here to do. So um, definitely some outside uh, inspiration, but, but also trying to figure out internally, you know, what is the content that matters most to our fans? What stats do they want to see? How is it, you know, the most effective way for us to show all the information that our, our fans are, are really looking for nowadays? And it's, and again, the game has changed and the way that people watch the game has, has changed. You know, the old days we could just put up somebody's batting average and RBIs and home runs, and now they want OPS and so many other stats, and they want to know, you know, how, um, you know, what's the exit velocity, um, you know, of a home run? How far did the home run go? And certainly what kind of pitch was thrown and how fast was it thrown? So all that information now is available to us, but also to fans as they watch games on television or at other venues. So it's um, it's important for us to, to try and figure out, you know, what fans want to see and, and then what's the best way for us to display them and also take advantage of, maybe not take advantage of, but how do we integrate our corporate partners into some of this information and, um, and make it a sponsorship opportunity. Absolutely. And I know I, Justin and I both looked at each other when you said the word curse, because when we yeah. first started out even doing this podcast four to five years ago, we always told people it was what we thought was the Dactronics curse. So it's the same thing you mentioned where I know we've said in many other episodes is when we go to games and it's just, it's the same thing as when we look up and I go, huh, I wonder if that's a, is that a six millimeter or 10 millimeter? And then the friends right. are with their family are like, what are you talking about? No one cares. Yeah, like, right. would you stop doing that? So it's just fun. It's, it just seems like it's just turned into an, an industry curse, if you will, <laughs> since, since starting the podcast and talking to many people like yourself that say, you can't, you can't turn that off when you go to other venues, right? It's, yeah. It's, no, it's, you, it's, it's how we learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, we are always, and I think every organization is always looking to get better, right? Yeah. And how do we better serve our fans? How do we, entertain our fans better um, and how do we make it more fun for fans um, so when we go to other venues we you know we definitely look around and see what other people are doing and um, and then try to bring home some of those those better ideas and utilize them for our fans because that's uh, you know eventually certain things become the norm mm-hmm. and we don't want to you know we want to keep up with the Joneses and and be as cutting edge as we can with our with with how we're getting this information to our fans. Absolutely. And then I'm going to toss it over to you then, John, too, of the, I'd say the kind of the behind the scenes type of yep. stuff. Um, I believe you said you've been with the team for 11 years. So even going through some of these different projects and stuff, um, what is it like for you on the, on the back end, on the control side when it's time for an upgrade? Or are you just, we always say shiny toys, but are you just looking at always new video cameras and stuff or kind of how's, how's that evolve with you? Um, no, it's been great. Um, we've gone, when I first got here, we were, uh, um, using SD cameras and, you know, the wiring, the, the control was all based on the, the operator using it. And then same thing with, uh, like Dan was saying with the video boards, there were two separate, when I first got here, yeah, 2011, I believe there were, uh, we had an older board in right field. So it was like a one color monochrome. And then we had a, um, video board and you know the one in left field that was mm-hmm. our our better board but it was still you know sd quality uh, and then kind of to evolve from it it was um you know a work in progress kind of piecing you know different parts together and always kind of looking to 
you know, on the, in the video control equipment, looking the stuff that what that I could use now, but also that be able to be upgraded in the future. And I kind of pigeonhole myself into buying something that I could only use currently what I had and not be able to, you know, expand upon it, like a replay system um, and other graphics and recorders, you know, things that would work SD, but then also, you know, would be able to make the transition to HD. So, you know, over the years we, we've made now the transition to, to HD cameras um, we've added a, a robo camera, a wireless camera, um, new graphic system. Actually, we got a live book um, last year from Dactronics, which has been great to helping to integrate stats uh, and then just getting getting things like the like the count um, mm-hmm. automatically instead of having to you know manually put you know each pitch in because then it opens up the opportunity to you know work on it. if you don't have to put in every pitch, you know, on the TV side, then you can work more in the lower thirds and update those and focus on, you know, taking that next step. Uh, and then, you know, on the video board side, you know, having the new, the new software and the new equipment computers to run, you know, both boards seamlessly has been great. It's just very, you know, easy to use for one, you know, but when I started here, there was two operators, one for each board and we've been able to, bring that into one operator kind of controlling both and has an idea of what's going on each board. And we can either use each board, you know, together to to do a cheer or, you know, different with our in-game look where, you know, one board has got more of the offensive, like the batter and his stats in the lineup. And the other board is, is focused on the pitcher and the counts and a line score kind of thing. So to be able to kind of separate those, uh, and put them out for the fans and give a great look to them instead of trying to, you know, cram them into one spot or the other. They kind of can live on their own and both tell uh, our fans the story of the game. Yeah, it sounds like you kind of streamlined things a little bit, made things a little bit easier for yourselves on on the back end there. And with putting the information out on the display, was it kind of always the vision to know we're going to use this one board for more of this type of information and this one for other type of information? Or what were you looking to do to kind of cut up the the displays for different pieces of content? Uh, I, I kind of took, uh, when I got here, it was always the um, the headshot, you know, the, the main... Uh, I'll say the main focus, you know, being the headshot, the batter, the person who was up, was always kind of on left field to kind of keep that uh, for the fans. And now it's even even easier now with the, the new board now being in left field because that's the one that um, got replaced to kind of keep up that theme of it. So people kind of, at least there's a little consistency uh, with it. So it's not a complete journey experience. And now we're just able to, before on the previous board, it was really just limited to just the guy's headshot um and his name and not a lot of stats and now we've kind of added stats added the lineup to kind of enhance what was already there to kind of build upon that that reputation of you know if you're coming to a game if you want to see who the batter is you look you know in left field and then you know right field will, will supplement with the pitcher um so some exit velocity now we've, we've started doing like Dan was saying, because now in baseball, there's just so many stats and, and we could put up, we could probably fill the board. And then on the third board with just all the different stats, OPS, slugging, you name it, there's probably a stat for it at this point, really. Right. Um, Baseball's known for stats, right? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a very stat heavy, stat heavy sport for sure. So it's, 
it's nice to be able to have, you know, the space now to kind of present them in a way that, that feels, that looks kind of natural and doesn't feel like it's crammed or, you know, we needed to cut out something to make space for something else that it all kind of fits. And it's giving fans more than what they've had before in the past year with the new board. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's even, I mean, Dan kind of mentioned it too, but the, uh, the curse, I don't know if, if you have the same thing going on kind of when you're, you're seeing new la- stats and data layouts. Are you kind of the same way, John? Like when you go to other places, are you kind of seeing what other people are doing and taking some from that? No, yeah, for sure. Um, my, my wife will probably attest to this, that it's hard to, to go to a game because I'm always looking at the video board and taking <laughs> my phones full of, you know, pictures and videos, you know, that kind of thing where you just, you see, you kind of take, like Dan was saying, you take the best parts of what other teams are doing and figure out, okay, if they if they can do that, how can I do that? or adapt that to, you know, my situation. You know, all the, the best ideas kind of get stolen and borrowed and then kind of adapted to the next ballpark or venue or, you know, wherever. Yep. Idea um, hacking is a term we've heard a lot from when we bring oh, customers yeah. back. Yep. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, I haven't heard that one before, but that's a good way to, yeah, kind of, like, no, no good idea. You know you have a good idea if it's being stolen. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you go. Right. What is it? What is um, the fl- phrase, Justin? Flat- imi- imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. There he is. That's yeah, what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's just you. You just want to always kind of, you know, even more so when you finish the season. Like that season was good. Now what do we do next to kind of make mm-hmm. it better or to improve upon it? You never really want to just keep doing the same thing over and over again because you want to, you know, make it more exciting for you know not only yourself but for the like damn thing for the fans. We're in a business of entertaining so just to kind of take that next step and not to kind of not rest but just kind of you know be content with where you're at you always want to strive to do something different or provide something in a different way and keep things fresh yeah and and i'm thinking i might uh toss this back to you here dan too i know you mentioned like the process right of of deciding the size of the display getting it ready getting a budget ready for it and everything maybe can you walk us through Let's say when you got to the finish line, when you finally decided, okay, we're going to do it for this next season, we want it installed, and then what was it like uh, working with us all the way through that process to get installed and ready for, you know, I'm assuming you had a game in mind that you wanted to debut it at. Yeah, I think, you know, the, uh, you know, Scott kind of gave us the idea on lead times and, you know, so we got to a point last summer where we knew the, the lead times to get the board would be pretty substantial and we kind of targeted um you know having it here and either uh, the hope was to have it in march and uh, we ended up getting it um in april so we had a couple of home stands but but thankfully in april um not thankfully but in april and may the weather is still a little bit uh less conducive to watching baseball, I'll say, than uh, than the rest of the year. So we had a couple of uh, homestands where we didn't have a, uh, a board. and But it also kind of created some excitement, to be honest with you. It was, as fans came to the ballpark, they saw this kind of gaping hole in, uh, in left field and wondered, like, well, geez, what, what's going there? Uh, so it, it was kind of fun, and it built anticipation, and our fans could see the board slowly being constructed, uh, destructed and then constructed. Um, and then we had it ready to go for our, for our game on, uh, May 9th, um, which was, uh, 
it, it was great, and uh, and it gave fans a chance to come out, and a re- an extra reason and an extra incentive to come out and check out uh, Monroe County's largest um, TV. You know, so it's uh, it was very exciting. We had our um, Monroe County executive who was very instrumental in helping us get funding for the new video board. We did a press conference with him uh, the day that that uh, we unveiled it and uh and fans have just been raving about it ever since and um you know so working with with scott and uh, the install team at dac was uh was phenomenal and like every installation or every construction project you know there's there's inevitably a hiccup or two mm-hmm. and working with um uh, with the team at dac we were able to overcome some of those minor hurdles and uh, get the board installed and up and running and and John and his staff trained on it by uh, May 9th so we really only missed uh, you know a couple of home stands in April and um, it, you know it was it, it was well worth it the, uh, the the board has just gotten tremendous reviews from fans and and corporate partners alike yeah I was gonna say what's it like for those fans once they finally saw it like you said there's that build up to it but it sounds like it was it was a hit right <laughs> oh it's been uh it's been amazing and even the first time that that the um the players saw it you know they were just like holy cow you know that thing is amazing it's so bright and and it's always um amazing to me to see you know when we played John's pregame hype video to see, you know, the players in right field warming up and looking up at the video board to check out the latest video that John had put together. And uh, so they're watching too, not just the fans, but the, the players are intently focused on, uh, on the content that John's producing on the video board. That's awesome. And then maybe we'll, we'll go to you then, John. That's a good segue into this is, um, you know, talking about the timelines for this and everything from, you know, when it got installed to when you used it for the first time. Because we've heard a lot of times from customers, right, you have an idea of how you maybe want some things to look, but you don't really know until you see it up on the display. But with this with this tight kind of timeline and you working on getting it ready, what was it like getting content ready for that? It was our, it was good. Um, I mean, to that point, it was nice that we already had uh, one video board to kind of, I could kind of bounce ideas off of or kind of get an idea how I wanted things to look, uh, which helped a bit. I think what helped a lot more so on the sponsorship side and content there is when designing the lineup or the layout, so the layout for the new board was to kind of prioritize a spot where, you know, we'd go full, full board, meaning, you know, the, using the whole board for anything, you know, live video or any, you know, hype videos. And that, you know, that was the easy part. That was, that was an easy decision. It was then, you know, incorporating some of the existing corporate sponsors, back in our in-game look uh, and trying to keep a space that was, you know, as close to 16 by nine roughly as possible just to help ease of content. So then I could transfer stuff, you know, from one board to the other board. And, and it helped. Um, one of the big changes um, before was there was like two computers, one controlling each of the video boards. Now there's just one computer. So you don't have to worry about, did I move a file? You know, is it on the left field board, but not on the right field board? Now it just has to be in one folder and both boards can see it. So it kind of eases that process and just takes one less step out uh, when there's a lot going on. And then like for like the lineup uh, for like our in-game look and stuff, I had 
you know, an idea and then, you know, we adjusted it. So I had, you know, a, a rough idea of how I thought it could look. Um, and then we just made adjustments kind of once it kind of got lit up. It was nice that, you know, we were in a unique situation where uh, we were running with, so with the, like Dan was saying, with the um, the board being installed in April, uh, we still had games and we were still using uh, our right field video board. So we went from, you know, using the right field video board with the old system, the old computers, to then the next homestand using them with the new computers, and then like the next homestand using everything. Like the new board was up, everything was lit and ready to go. So on that week, kind of the off week between, I had the ability to kind of already build stuff in, um, not show up, in Display Studio and kind of get a, a rough layout of how I think things should look. And then it made it easier to just kind of, when it got lit up, to kind of put it out on the board and then, you know, make tweaks from there. Okay. And in this whole process, you, you did have that other display still running. Was it easy to kind of... Uh, simulate the same content from one display size to the other, or did you have like content templates to help get that uh, different look on on the other display at the same time? Um, more like a a layoutish and kind of, you know, I, I knew things that were going to be, you know, I made things a little sixteen by nine, you know, essentially it was the nineteen twenty by ten eighty, knowing that the board would kind of scale it down, and then I could use, you know, more so like going off like pixel by pixel to kind of see. You know, if I was going to play something, because the new board is almost three to four times bigger, so I could do it in small chunks and kind of use that as, hey, I'm going to create something in this zone that's going to be this size that's going to roughly fit inside of the other board to kind of get an idea of how things are going to look. Well, it's definitely interesting to always hear about. I didn't even think about that aspect, like you said, of... Well, the other one's going up, but we still have yeah. another board, <laughs> so you're still having games and having to do that and managing it. Um, yeah. Maybe kind of quick, a question I meant to ask at the beginning but forgot, like what is what is your control room setup? I know you've kind of mentioned, you know, some places now you have one operator to help or you had two. Kind of what is the makeup of, of how many people do you have on a typical game day? Um, on a typical game day, we've got, you know, someone running our DAC stats, uh, PA announcer, um, our DJ, video word operator. Uh, we have um, an organist who's been playing for over 40 years. Um, as a different touch that not a lot of, not probably anywhere really has anymore. Um, so that also adds a unique uh, feel to the ballpark. Uh, then we run about like five cameras, you know, director, graphics, replay on the TV side. And those two rooms kind of, you know, they're, they're housed, they're not all in the same. There's two separate rooms. One that's primarily, you know, the video board control room, which is more focused on the in-game experience. And then we have our TV, closed-circuit TV broadcast. And then they'll intertwine on things like replays for the video board and then all of our fan cams, anything you know, live video-related. It'll come from one room to the other and then out to the video board. Nice. And you, you've got everything kind of put together now and you've got that whole production going. And you've kind of learned as the season went on and, and you did have the other display up and running. Do you have any kind of ideas that you've seen now that you've got kind of a full season of this that you're looking, saying, okay, now that we know how this works with this, we're getting to try and do something really cool next year? Are there any ideas going forward? Yeah, there's um, an idea that I've wanted to do and I just haven't got a chance to fully do it um, is kind of make the boards kind of, I'll call it like play catch, um, okay. but, you know, make them 
you know, either a video or, or you know, different kind of things, probably more so a video where, we, you know, you'd bounce from like one board to the other and they'd be more interactive with each other. But that, that'd be a kind of a goal for next year. I, I've seen other teams do in the past, uh, like people like they'll either run in front of them. And this is more like an outfield thing. So I have to fully think about how we do it. Um, where they'd like play a game like a like a mobile game or they would run and interact with something on the video board and kind of how that would look. Oh yeah, Mario. That's, it wasn't someone that did like a Mario game, it was like hitting the blocks and Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So some more fan interactive stuff <laughs> yeah. might be on the horizon there for you guys. Yeah, for sure. That would be the the next kind of big thing. And and, and the nice thing is like as, you know, from when I started way back in Toledo, so now the technology, you know, some things have just become like vastly easier to do or just less less complicated because everyone's on the same kind of, you know, before it was the point where sometimes they're like, were you in standard def or were you in HD? And you had to convert it and working in, you know, different kind of sources was a lot harder than it is now, which is nice. It makes things a lot easier. I was thinking even of the idea hacking, we were just doing a podcast with the Denver Broncos here over the last week. And when you started mentioning the the playing catch between displays, I don't know if you caught this, Justin, when we were there, but they were starting to try something. It was during the, the national anthem, right? They had the flag animations on everything, but they had a, a bald eagle fly, and it went from, like, the ribbon displays up into the one end zone, and then it went across, left the screen and then appeared on the other board. They did kind of that, yep. that catch thought that you just mentioned, yeah, uh, yeah, John. But, cool. yeah, it was with the eagle for the for the national anthem. Yeah, that's really, yeah, just something like, you know, just some things like that because you've got to figure out, you know, you don't want it to be, like, too look too abrupt. It has to be that natural progression of it, you know, crossing yeah. the space of, you know, the boards are, you know, one's in right, one's in left field. So just the whole, like timing of it you know to make it make sense too yeah. yeah it's like the left fielder playing catch with the right fielder you got to give it time for the ball to travel through the air right? <laughs> yeah it's not instant is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah 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 exactly nice so that sounds like you've got some good ideas going forward and you, you've figured it out on how you want the displays to look and it sounds like you've had some good fan interaction on that too um maybe we'll throw this one one back over to um to dan here but was there any kind of advice you'd give somebody else that's maybe in the same situation looking to implement a new display um, either for their baseball stadium or or just looking to entertain fans and make it fun for them i i think it just um you know working with dactronics has been uh has been great and you know one of the things that um scott was able to scott wilson was able to provide us was like a uh, you know uh a picture of what it what the board could actually look like and you know that enabled us to go to our corporate partners and say hey listen this is your current messaging but this is what it could look like and uh, and it's going to make it uh, easier to change you can change it literally throughout the season whereas with our you know in the past our corporate partner would have a message and it would be that message on a static sign for the entire season um, the production costs on those signs is also very expensive. So now we can, you know, we, we, have, we have the ability to go to our corporate partners and say, listen, if you're on the board, you can change your message literally once a day. Now, I would never do that to John, uh, <laughs> but um, they, could, they could change it constantly, and there's no cost really associated with that, that change. Um, and in terms of fan engagement and, and fan interaction and just overall 
fan experience, a new board. You know, the technology is constantly changing. So, you know, if it's been 10 years or even eight years or seven years since you've gotten a new board, I would highly recommend looking into uh, getting a new one because it just brings a, a vitality to your game day experience that you, you, you know, you, there, there's no way to really replicate that uh, other than getting a, a new board um, in the same spot or some kind of additional display somewhere in the ballpark. And kind of, I would say, to put you on the spot here, Dan, but, you know, you being the, the director of fun, um, kind of, and your time with the, with the Red Wings and stuff, too, is there a specific moment or memory that stands out? It's the most fun, but um, as a kind of a, I don't know, a, a favorite memory you have of the ballpark? And you don't have to say the new displays just because you're on a Dactronics <laughs> podcast, but if you do say that, that'd be great. But no, um, do you <laughs> do you have any kind of like favorite memory of, of the ballpark and any kind of unique thing that went on there? Well, I think, you know, one of my favorite memories was of working at the 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 old ballpark was just the, our final game there and closing it down it was just a really cool um uh experience you know we, you get one chance to really close down uh, a ballpark and one chance to open a new ballpark and i think both of those games in particular were two of my favorite memories it was an awesome responsibility to try to um, capture 68 years of memories from one ballpark into one night, mm-hmm. and uh, our staff did a uh, what I think was a phenomenal job of giving Silver Stadium the proper send off it deserved. And then when you look about when you look at opening a new ballpark, it's another it's a, it's kind of a daunting uh, task and an awesome responsibility to to make sure that, you know, you only get one chance at a first impression, right? And so it was very important for us as a staff, as an organization, to put our best foot forward on the very first night and to give people a night they would always remember. And, um, you know, thankfully we were able to do that. Uh, Could have used a little more cooperation from Mother Nature, but uh, (laughs) that's, that's not our, you know... Nothing we can do about that. Um, so I think those two nights in particular are the, the nights that stand out to me. But there's so many great, mm-hmm. great, great memories. Um, and that's why people come to our ballparks is to create memories and to have fun and forget about whatever else is bothering them uh, going on at school or in their in their lives or at work. Um, our ballparks are a, a haven of um, to go and, and relax and, and have a great time with family and friends. And one of the great things about coming to our, uh, our ballparks is it's, uh, you know, you could have a conversation, uh, with people. Baseball is a very social game. The, the, you know, sort of the, the pace of the game lends itself to having conversations, but also, you know, thanks to the video boards, uh, it's a great opportunity for us to get people up out of their seats and dancing and yelling and cheering. And again, just creating memories uh, here at the ballpark with their family and friends and um, along with our, our team and our and our mascots uh, and, and the ballpark as a backdrop for those memories. That's that's probably the best way I've heard it from a director of fun ever. That was, that was a fantastic <laughs> way of summarizing that. I was just going to say, that's one of the best answers I've heard for that question as well. That's great. And then maybe we toss it back over to you then, John. Um 
for one of your favorite memories. Aside from getting live book here this past year, what would you say is one of your favorite memories? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I followed that up. <laughs> right? I know. I know we should have asked you first, and then yeah. Dan was the cleanup, but... Yeah, rewind and, and play part of Dan's, and I think that'll, that'll work. No, I, I think for me, like, maybe not a specific moment, like a game or anything, but it's always fun to just see, like, creating different, you know, animations or like rally videos and then playing them for the first time and then seeing how fans, you know, react or like when Dan was saying earlier, when the, the players kind of react to, you know, the hype video or the intro video, it's nice to see that kind of like appreciation for it or just, you know, the fact that you put a lot of, you know, there's a lot of videos over the years that I've made and not, you know, not all of them are going to be great. Not all of them are, are bad, but just it, it's fun to see, uh, how people react to them. Um, and especially in the live setting where, you know, you're playing it for the first time or the cheer and then, you know, the video finish finishes and then they're all, you know, standing up and applauding or, or you know, cheering on the team as they're rallying in the ninth inning. So those kind of like those moments that happen, you know, a few times during the season are kind of kind of fun to witness. Yeah, I bet they are. And, and I'm going to say this you guys have sold me. I, I want to come out to the Rochester Red <laughs> right. Wings and watch a game, right? I, I want to go there and see it in person and, and get that experience and, and see what you guys are doing out there. It's, it was great to to hear all those details and, and to hear what you're doing with the new displays and what you're doing with that ballpark. So um, thank you f- both for, for joining us today and, and sharing your experiences. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate you having us on today, guys. And, and thanks again to everybody at Dactronics for all they did to uh, to make our new board uh become a reality here at Innovative Field. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dectronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes. 